The Portland Trailblazers have the number three pick in the 2023 NBA Draft. And Brenna Green and I have got it traded all around the league already. We've already got it all figured out. Dame's going to three-peat. We're going to talk about that and much more here on the Sports by Northwest podcast. I am Aaron Fentress. I'm joined by Coin Sixes Brenna Green. But first, I have to mention to you that we are sponsored by Sports um, excuse me, Pacific Office Automation 147, which is a uh, racing event which is coming June 2nd and 3rd to Portland International Sportsway. Excuse me, Raceway, sorry. Also, we have started a new uh, feature called Subtext where you can text and receive text from myself and Bill Orem. Of course, talking sports, giving you our hot takes and our actually uh, you know, realistic takes as well. To subscribe for a 14-day trial before you have to pay anything. It's only $3.99 a month, but to get two weeks to try it, text message 503-386-0095. Okay, Brenna, first of all, how are, how are you? I always got chicken. How you doing? I know you've been working hard. You're, you're everywhere. I don't know how you do it. Are there like five of you? Uh, sometimes it feels that way. I was down at Oregon State yesterday. We got three stories shot at Oregon State yesterday. I did Jeez. The, I did the beaver car wash yesterday. Um, did you wash any cars? I, you know what? It might have felt nice with how hot it was down there. Yeah. Did um, you get your car washed? You know what? I did get my car washed the other day, but not but in Portland, not in Portland. Oh, but um, not by the beavers? That's, that's messed not, up. Not by the beavers. Um, I'm good. How are you? Oh, you know, just uh, enjoying the weather, and uh, we'll talk a little bit later about why I didn't go to the lottery. A little fun dad talk I'll throw in here today, but no, I'm doing well. You know, I'm I'm, I'm uh, glad the lottery's over with. You know, because now we have some direction, something concrete to talk about. I got tired about writing about Wimby. <laughs> I just got, as a matter of fact, I kind of almost boycotted writing about him right before the lottery. We should write something about how he fits. I'm like, should we? And then Joel Odom, the sports editor, was like, yeah, I kind of think we should. I'm like, fine. So I did it. <laughs> no one damn well. I'm like, I'm typing the whole time going, he ain't even going to come here. Click, 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 click. But, you know, a lot of people read it. So that's sometimes the goal. Anyway, I'm just glad that madness is over so we can move on. Number three pick. Let's start with lottery reaction. What were you, how did you watch the lottery? And were you into it? Like, were oh, yeah. you... Okay, because see, we're all supposed to be objective when we cover these teams. But as Craig and I have discussed, I think you and I discussed it too, getting a pick like this is really cool for us professionally because it would be such a great story. Like, it would be fun to cover. Career changer. Yeah, it'd be fun to cover something like that. Um, But it didn't happen in such as life. But I think we both want it to happen. But first, give me your lottery uh, tale. Yeah, so I was in the office, so they were all, it was me, Adam Bjornsson, and uh, our sports producer, Alex Altman, all sitting here watching. And yeah, we got to the commercial break, and all of us were like, okay, like, okay, (laughs) okay. And then when the Blazers weren't number four, because we'd all discussed in that commercial break, we're like, if they're top three, that is a win. That is like a huge dub no matter what. So once they pulled Houston, which, by the way, did you? Yeah, I think it has to be real. Did you see Victor Winbinyama's reaction when they pulled Houston at number four? Oh, he did like the yes or something. Yeah, like that. <laughs> he didn't want to go to Houston. 
Why? I don't know. I don't understand maybe. why. Maybe because they've got. Seems, the, I don't know. They've got some good direction. But they do have a direction. They're tanking and they're getting picks. Like they've got some good young players on that team. You add yeah. him, that's a pretty good nucleus. Anyway, go ahead. I, I have to ask Victor why he didn't want to go to yeah exactly. Houston. Um. So yeah. Anyways, what's that happen? I like yelled. I was like, oh my god. <laughs> And then, you know, then and then, and then you kind of like start going, okay, all right, okay, could this really happen? Because this really happened. And then, of course, the Blazers were the next card that was pulled. So it was like, well, that's that. But, um, but yeah, I mean, overall, a pleasing day. So uh, kind of annoying that the Spurs, like, totally, Kinda? totally, just blatantly tanked last offseason to get Victor and they got rewarded for it. But, you know, yeah, such is life. And we keep on pushing. What about you? Trading DeJounte Murray was a definite oh, attempt at, at tank right there. Right? Oh, that, that guy's way too good to just give up on him. But save some money and you, you tank. Uh, okay, so I was pretty chill until they got to six. I didn't think they'd fall past six. And no one else had jumped up yet. So they couldn't really fall past six uh, at, once they got to seven. Um, so when they got the six, I'm like, okay, at the very least they're, they're holding Pat. That's cool. And then they didn't come up in five. And so then I was like, oh, snap. I guess I better prepare, uh, Blazers get women, <laughs> uh, post. Cause I was kind of like, I had a generic post up where I was literally just fill in the number they got until we can just get it out there right away. Uh, but I didn't do it in a way that would have them being number one because I really didn't think they were going to get it. But at that moment, I was like, okay, I better add a couple of paragraphs here. So I'm ready. And plus they went to the break, which uh, gave me that opportunity. He came yeah. back and he wasn't four. And I'm thinking, oh my God, is this going to, oh. <laughs> I was like, oh. I equated it to being plugged into a socket and then just having it ripped out because it was like it. energy oh. flowing in. Like, like once once we got past that fourth pick, it was like whoa! Like you had this like huge jolt of energy, and then it was like oh, never mind. <laughs> yeah, there's there's really no doubt that the countdown lottery has just been great for the NBA because it just adds that little drama, and of course it makes us so you can't just com- lottery itself obviously made us so you can't can't just completely tank and automatically get number one by just losing. You have to you know you still have the chance of not getting number one. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, when, you, when the team you're covering's in, or even when, when my bulls were in it, like it's, it's, it's this exhilaration that rises. And like you said, then all of a sudden, nah, the, the plug is pulled out. You come back to life. But in this case, you come, you come down from that high a little bit, but you come down at three in what is considered a quote unquote three player draft. People say that every day. It's a two player draft. It's a five player. This is allegedly a three player draft where supposedly there's three guys who are all number one caliber. When most years, where there isn't some god like Wimby's being made out to be, they would be, you know, the number one pick. Um, and so to be in that mix and not right like four is like four, you're like, my God, we're right outside. If you're the Blazers, right? We're right outside of the three. No, they're in that top three, which means there should be a lot of teams out there who covet that pick and want Miller or Scoot Henderson and are willing to make a trade to make that happen. So that brings us to our next topic, Brennan. Yeah. I mean, Brandon Miller, Scoot Henderson, those are the two guys. It seems really, really likely that Charlotte is going to take Brandon Miller. 
that it would that make sense, right? All signs are pointing towards that because they have Lamelo. I mean, I've heard it a bajillion places. So it seems like Scoot would go to the Blazers, uh, which presents its own set of problems. Uh, so any chance you think the Blazers keep this pick? Do you have an argument for why they should keep it? Because I can't, I can't wait to hear it if you do. <laughs> okay. So here's one thing I will say about the Charlotte thing, because I'm on board with that too. It makes sense. You don't take a point guard when, you, when your best player is a point guard. However, I'm, I've always been of the mind, you take, especially in basketball, take the best player available regardless of position. And Portland knows better than any franchise in the history of the planet and in any sport what happens when you draft need over best player. You end up with Sam Bowie instead of Michael Jordan. Oh, we already have Clyde. We can't play Clyde at the three because we have Kiki. Yeah, that worked out well. Hell, play Jordan at the point. doesn't matter. They blew that. So if teams out there, or excuse me, if Charlotte's looking at this draft, and they're like, man, we think Scoot Henderson is way better. We think Scoot Henderson is the next Dame or Derrick Rose. We think Miller could be the next Paul George, but he also might just be, you know, Batum. Nice player, but not, or OG or something like that. Nice player, but not a multi-year all-star then they'd be dumb to not take Scoot. You take Scoot, you play those two together. Lamelo is 6'7", so he should be able to guard twos. Well, he doesn't play any defense at all. Um, he's not like his brother Lonzo who actually plays defense, but he's got to learn to play defense at some point. He can guard a shooting guard. He's 6'7". And then Scoot can guard the uh, opposing team's point, and you can play Scoot off the ball because he has that kind of ability. You can have him run some point. Lamelo can play off the ball. Like To me, you don't pass on the best player available. So it's still possible that Charlotte says, screw it and take Scoot, regardless of position. But all you know, signs seem to be pointing that they would take Miller, and Miller would be the better fit for the Blazers, depending really on what they do, though. Because I'll say this right now: there's no way in hell they want to keep that pick. Like, I mean, like pretty much everyone has reported this. I've confirmed this as well. It's like, you know, they're they're giddy as heck. They got three because they know there's going to be a lot of heat on that, and they're going to try and trade it. So it almost becomes a moot discussion to even discuss who they're going to pick. Yeah. But um, the argument, since you know you brought it up, the argument for keeping it would be if you cannot move it, Sharp, Ant, the 23rd pick, and and get one or two legitimate big-time players to contend with Dame. If you can't do it and you can't pull it off, then Dame's probably going to want out anyway. And so then, obviously, you're going to keep the pick. Yep. And so that's the argument. Or you could say, well, even if we make a couple of trades, there's no guarantee we're going to win. Dame's going to be 33 who knows what's going to happen the next few years with him injury-wise. If we just trade him now, get a boatload of picks and another young player to go along with Scoot or Miller, and we already have Ant Sharp, we're going to stink a year because we're going to be really young and get another lottery pick next year. Now you could have five young players, all with star potential, moving forward, and that could grow into something special. That's the other argument. What say you? And then you have to hope that they stick around and re-sign contracts. Um... And don't get hurt. Yeah. I I mean, yeah, that's the argument. The argument is, okay, like, you know, how many, how many years do we really foreseeably have where Damien is going to be uh, at the caliber that he's at right now? And maybe it makes sense to draft the point guard of the future and just see what happens uh, and try to get some, and ultimately that means if they keep this pick and they don't decide to trade it, draft night or you know shortly thereafter 
That means that means it's uh, we know what's happening this summer, and it's gonna be uh, it's gonna be sad for all Blazers fans, but it is what it is. So yeah, it's there's a lot of um, there's a I mean it's it it is all gonna depend on what they can get for this pick, and you know it's a little scary that everybody and their mom knows. Not that it's surprising, but everybody and their mom knows that the Blazers want this pick to be traded because you know, you aren't going to get your best offers when the Blazers are like, Oh, well we want this out there. Now it is what it is. It's not surprising. There's no way anybody could hedge that. I mean, duh, they want they even if Dame hadn't come out on exit interview day and said, yeah, I'm done with rookies. Like (laughs) everyone would have known that they, that is what he said. (laughs) Um, everybody would know that they would want to trade the pick anyway. So it's not like it's some sort of super secretive thing. It's not, but you just wonder, okay, our team's going to try to lowball them with their offers and the Blazers are going to just say, nope, 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 nope. So it's, it's going to be very interesting. It's going to be very interesting going through this, uh, going through the, the draft workout process, (coughs) especially when Scoot and Brandon come to town. Those will be those will be big days for you and I. And uh, I'm not go- I'm not going. You're not going. I'm boycotting. Bill Arm just wrote about both of them. We've covered it. They're not coming here anyway, so I'm boycotting. <laughs> deed, deed, deed. Hey, Aaron, how you doing? Nice to see you at the workout. <laughs> I thought you were going to boycott. <laughs> they made me come. Oh, you poor thing. So I know. Yeah, yeah. It's uh. It's it yeah yeah we are going to do a little bit of a a dance over the next few weeks uh but you know you never know what could happen so it's yeah. it's the NBA I like I said I hope they just get an offer that actually makes sense and I hope that they don't trade that pick for an offer that doesn't make sense out of desperation so so I think it's going to work two different ways. I agree with what you just said about the fact that it's out there. Everyone knows. And also everyone knows that they don't pull off trades, that Dame's going to become available. So that's why I think, you know, like the whole Philadelphia MB thing to me was a pipe dream. I tweeted the other day, there's a 1% chance that uh, the Blazers get MB, whereas if Dame becomes available, there's an 80% chance he could go to Philadelphia because I believe Dame would say, send me to Philadelphia or Miami or someone like that. Because if they trade him, he has to go to a contender. Yep. And then that minimizes what you can get back because you can't gut that team. So those teams, you know, with their star player can play, you know, play some games with the Blazers. However, I think there's going to be um, enough teams after the pick that there's going to be bidding wars, right? There's going to be who, who the highest bidder is going to be. So someone who really, really wants it is going to have to step up. So those who are playing games like you're suggesting, which I definitely think is going to happen, they're going to get kicked to the curb. <laughs> right? It's going to be like, oh, you offered us what? You know, the bus pass? No, we're going to pass on the bus pass and we're going to look over here. So, I mean, that leads us to our next thing. Like, what's going to be possible? I, I enjoy this part of this whole thing because the, the NBA is so fascinating. We start talking about player movement because there's a lot of it and there's a lot of high-end player movement. Stars staying with their, their teams just means nothing in this day and age except for guys like Damian. Um, so, you know, if Scoot Henderson and or Brandon Miller are this amazing – then there's going to be some teams out there who say, okay, we're mediocre. We have a couple good dudes. They make a lot of money. We didn't get high in the lottery because we're good enough to not do that. So we're kind of stuck in purgatory. Do we want to shed some of these contracts and move off of them and get that number three pick and start a rebuild around that kid? 
So I've just been going through every roster. I know. Have have you done this yet? Have you have you figured out some potential bodies that could come this way? Well, I mean, you know, you, you there's there's some obvious ones that Dame has uh, advocated for. In, in his own little sly way. <laughs> has it even been sly? At least one of them. It has not been Which one? sly. Which one? Bridges. Oh yeah. That, <laughs> yeah, that's I mean, been that's... the least sly thing of all time. I know. So yes, Bridges would make sense. That would make that would Brooklyn would would be a, a team that would make sense to trade for Scoot. That would make a so lot this ca- so this mediocre. so this came up this came up the other day. I, okay, so I floated out there, Lowry marketing for number three. Mm. Uh, someone who covers the Jazz said, "No way that that Utah would do that." And someone else who, I, I think he covers the NBA or someone, he said, no way the Blazers would do that. They can get better than Lowry, right? So that just shows you how the, the, the yeah. wide array of spectrums that are going to be out there for all of this. Um, <clears throat> my point, when I, when I present something, I'm not, okay, it's, it's annoying to me when I say, I would trade a number three pick for Lowry. And then someone else says, no, they wouldn't do it because the Blazers could do better. Could they? Are they going to? What's better? Well, I think they can get this. If you present that, that's fine. But when I say I would do X, I'm saying it in the in the context of if that's the best deal available, I would do that. Yeah. Now, if you come to me with, oh, they can get Butler and Bam. Well, yeah, I would do that instead of Lowry. But that's that's not the point. That's what that drives me nuts when people kind of do that because they're missing the point. But my thing is, if you can get a seven footer who shot 50, 40, and 88, <laughs> he and Dame on the pick and roll would be ridiculous. He has a manageable contract. And any trade that is made is going to really come down to how much the other team's GM covets that pick. If Danny Ainge is sitting there thinking, I think Scoot Henderson is going to be a combination of Derrick Rose and Damian Lillard, well, are you telling me you're going to keep Larry Marker, who's had one really good season, and not go after that guy? I would probably go after that guy and, and move Lowry. Because is Lowry a championship number one? No. Do I think Scoot is a championship number one? Yes. I'm making that trade. That's what it's going to come down to if the GM thinks that. Now, if you're the Blazers, Scoot does nothing for you because you already have two small guards. You're probably trying to move the other one. Drafting a small guard doesn't make any, make any sense. But if I can get a seven-footer who can do the things Lowry does, now you have a piece. Because if you get that piece for number three, you still have Ant and, and Sharp to trade and the 23rd pick to add another guy. So let's say you come out of this with Lowry, OG, and John Collins. I'm just making up, just throwing up numbers, just throwing up names out there. Now, all of a sudden... You have more height and athleticism and length you've ever had on this team with Dame and Grant. And now you have a team that could maybe contend. Again, just throwing out names. I don't, I'm not saying this would be the perfect roster. I'm just saying how the construction could be with the assets they have. So Bridges, though, if I'm the Nets, I feel like I struck gold with this kid. He looks like he's going to be an all-star. Maybe I'm just building around him. Why am I giving him up for the number three pick? And then someone else suggested, well, I would, I would rather trade – Number three and Simons for Bridges. Then trade number three for Lowry. To me, that's ridiculous. I'm not doing number three and Simons for Bridges if I could get Lowry for number three. But this brings long-winded way of coming back to you with a question. How much value would you place on Bridges, especially knowing Dame, that's his BFF? What would you give up to make that happen? Yeah. Number I, three, I, obviously. Number three, obviously. But would you attach Sharp? Would you attach Ant? I would attach Ant. I would not attach. (gasps) 
This podcast is over because Brennan has just disrespected Anthony Simons like that. What? You would th- the th- the number three pick and and for Bridges? I'm just I'm offended. I'm a, hold on, I'm gonna bang stuff around like I'm mad for a minute. Maybe. maybe. <laughs> I, <laughs> no, it's hard. It's hard, but I I don't see the Nets just trading. Mikhail Bridges for one pick because they're going to want at least something in that trade of somebody who's proven themselves in being able to play in the NBA already. I, I just don't see it being one guy. Um, and I think that if you kind of look at the tea leaves in the Blazers organization, and this is no disrespect to Ant whatsoever, he's a great player, great guy. I just think it's kind of been obvious that the organization right now would much rather keep sharp over Anthony. Oh yeah, that's a given. Yeah. So yeah. Like, and that's and that's that a positional did. given. That's a positional given more than anything because yep. Ant's redundant. You know, starting yep. two small guards in the NBA does not win championships. It's, done, it's happened once. The Bad Boy Pistons and they were backed up by one of the best defensive back uh, front courts ever. Excuse me, back courts. Sorry, front courts ever. And Joe Dumars was an elite defender, whereas obviously Ant and Dame are not. So yeah, those two together do not make any sense. So Ant would be the one to go for sure. So here's my argument against Bridges for giving up that much. <clears throat> he was 17 points a game. He had at Phoenix 20 points one year. Obviously, good player, right? Third guy, fourth guy on the team, whatever. Uh, then he goes somewhere where he gets all the shots in the world. He goes from 13 shot 13.6 to, to 18. Uh, this season, going from Phoenix to the Nets. And so, of course, his scoring average went up. This doesn't mean he isn't good. Don't get me wrong. But you take, let's say a trade had been made and Anthony Simons went to the Nets instead of Mikhail Bridges. So now Anthony Simons is running the point without deferring to Dan, just like Bridges had to defer to Paul and Booker and Aiden. Anthony Simons is putting up 27, 7, and 4, which is Bridge put up, Bridges put up 26, uh, basically 26, 5, and 3. Simons would have done the exact same thing. And, that, and that's why I just I don't I don't sit here and think that I'm giving up the number three pick and Anthony Simons. Because if I'm if I'm the Nets, done tomorrow. Are you kidding me? You're really? You're gonna give me that? Okay, done. If I'm the Blazers, I just think that's too much. And positionally, yeah, you you trade, I trade Ant in the, in the 23rd pick, but I'm not giving up the number three pick and Ant for Bridges. I'll give up number three. And some salary match, and then I'm taking, and then I'm trading Ant for something else. So I get two players in here because Bridges is not making you a championship contender. I'm sorry, he's good, but he ain't that, he ain't that guy. He's not a top tier no. superstar. He, when he comes in, right, he's he's a piece to the puzzle, and I, and I'm giving up two of my biggest piece trade pieces to get that one piece. And I just to me that just wouldn't make sense. So I'd be shocked if they did that. But you're not the only one saying they would do it. <laughs> I mean, I think they're, I think they are a little bit desperate to actually make a trade that makes any sort of splash because they've just been stonewalled the last year or so being in and in, in wanting to do that. So um, I think there is a little bit of desperation there. Now, I think it's right. measured desperation, but yeah, I think that is definitely there. So uh, if they did that, if they did that and they have to get a second guy, then Sharp has to go somewhere else for someone. So like, <clears throat> again, you know, do you get Bridges and then trade Sharp in the package 
for OG. So you add OG and Bridges who play the same position. So maybe you try and get someone else. I don't know, but Sharp didn't have to go. You'd have to bring in a second person to match to go with Bridges, or you you're just spinning your wheels as far as I'm concerned. There's a lot of things spinning right now. Uh, <laughs> we'll, see, we'll see. We'll see where the world turns. Uh, speaking of uh, having some fans spinning, Damien did that today. Mm-hmm. What did he do? Uh, <laughs> So we're, we're recording this on what, uh, Thursday? I don't know what day of the week it is. I, it's the third day of work that, this week. That's all I know. It, it's uh, Thursday. You got it. Okay, great. It. Awesome. Great work, Brenna. <laughs> so uh, someone tweeted, muting all the Blazers fans who are insisting on trading James, or, uh, Damien. I don't know. I Sorry, his tweet before was about LeBron James. So there you go. Um, insisting on trading J- Dame. What's wrong with you all? And Dame quote tweeted it and said, if the fans want to trade me, start the petition and send it in. Right. Um, and then somebody said, uh, you ain't low. You want to leave, but trying to get the fans to push you out. Damien says, I've been on the same time over a decade. Lol. I don't know if he meant to say team anyways. Um, I'm just saying if the people got different wishes and then the first, let me make sure the first person who tweeted um, about how she couldn't believe the fans were trying to get Dame out. Said Dame was obviously trolling. Why are you guys so dense? Go touch grass. And he, <laughs> yeah. And he uh, quote he quote tweeted it with just a laughing crying emoji. So there you go. Um, Damien out here just um, doing his best to you know start a little fire and then and then put the fire. We didn't start the fire. Yeah. Uh, um, reaction to those tweets, Aaron. Yeah, it's Dane likes to mix it up every once in a while. Yeah, he does. Uh, I I don't <clears throat> I don't like it when people. I mean, look, there's there's a business component to all of this. Um, there's strategy to all of this. There's a lot of, of thought going into everything that's happening with Damien right now. I do not like anyone questioning uh, his motives. I think if he wanted to be traded, I think that it would be known. And I think at this point he can do it in a way where there's no way he's going to look like the bad guy. Like if he came out at the end of the season and just said, it's not going to work here. I want a chance to win. The Blazers can get a bunch of assets for me. I think it's just time. Like if he did that, what percentage of the fan base is going to be mad at him? What percentage of the of sports world is going to be mad at him? Half of that, more than half the sports world wants him to leave Portland anyway, right? That's Stephen so, A. out here just yeah, exactly. Stephen A. be just, on the next. Stephen A. would just would fly to Portland and pick him up, help him pack. Um, so I believe one hundred percent that he he's committed to giving. He committed last year to giving Cronin and Billups a shot. Cronin said their plan ran through the summer of 23. So that's why when people were making a big deal about what happened at the trade deadline, it was like, you're not paying attention. Like, it, it, you can't just make teams give you your players. Mm-hmm. And it's harder to do at the deadline, especially with the play-in, because 10 teams in both conferences, 20 teams, are going to make the postseason out of 30. And the really, really bad teams, the Spurs, 
Houston, Detroit. They have nothing to give you. No. Right? So you're going to have, so when you're the Blazers and you were in the play in mix until like the last few weeks of the season, you have to get a team in the play in mix to give you somebody. And what and what's it going to cost you? You don't know what what the phone call was like. If they called Toronto and said, "Okay, you guys are, you guys are not looking good. What do you want for Siakam?" They're like, "Okay, we'll take Ant, your protected first round pick, and Sharp for Siakam right now." And you're the Blazers. You're like, "Yeah, that's too much. Oh, sorry, because we're about to make the plan." And Toronto did make the plan. Who you call? You call Miami for Bam because they're only going to be the eighth seed. Well, now they're in the finals. So we're so the people who criticize them for not pulling off a deal never ever mention what deals they passed up on. I'm not going to criticize you, Brenna, for not picking up uh, the ingredients to make rack of lamb when you went to Seven <laughs> Eleven. Wow! That's, and you come out really and you come and you come out with zingers <laughs> and Mountain Dew, right? I'm not going to. Brenna sucks. She's a horrible chef. She went to 7-Eleven and she came out with zingers and a, and a soda and not the ingredients for Rack of Lamb. Well, that's stupid because you can't get the ingredients for Rack of Lamb at 7-Eleven. It's the same thing with this. It's stupid to criticize Cronin for not making a trade for a player that wasn't available and that you couldn't possibly get. The summer's different. And it's also different because now you have the number three pick in the draft. At the time of the uh, trade deadline, they were sitting at around like 10 or 9 or something like that, Right. So, or eight, maybe at the best, at best. But now you firmly have number three. So now you have a, a more valuable trade asset. Plus, you let Shaden Sharp play the last couple of weeks of the season, and he went 25, six, and five. <laughs> that was a showcase as much as it was development. They were showcasing that cat. Hey, everybody, look at this guy in, in 35 minutes a night. So now you have that asset. So I believe that Dame has been patient through the through 23, and everyone needs to be patient through 23. If they don't pull anything off this summer, then yeah, then it's time to be like, okay, it's never going to happen. Because if you can't do something now with all those assets, it's never going to happen. And so then it becomes logical for both sides to trade Dame. So I believe Dame is like 100% on board with moves he thinks are going to be able to happen, which he expressed confidence at, at his exit interview. And then they're going to ride forward and try and make it happen with a title. If it falls through, then it's time to move him. But I can't stand it when people play these games and try to act like he's he's got some ulterior motive or there's something else afoot. No, they're going to try really, really hard to make this work with him. And if it doesn't, then you cut bait. Yeah, but pe- people play games because of their own ul- ulterior motives. So there you go. Yeah, plus it's Twitter. And it's easy to talk bleat when you're not a... No one will ever walk up to Damien and say the things they say. People won't walk up to me and say the things they say. No. Like, people always talk a certain, you know, a certain tone on Twitter because it's just easy to, to do, and that's one of the bad things about social media. Anyway, <clears throat> so you, give me, come on, give me your wild, give me your wildest trade fantasy. It can be ridiculous. Oh, it can, it can be, it can be Giannis for Ant in the twenty-three pick. No, not that bad, but just that's, like, yeah, who, like, what would be the ultimate? scenario in your mind for building a contender around Dan? Joel. <laughs> okay. So what would you what would you spend? What would you spend? So Philadelphia makes MB available. What what yeah. do you offer? Do you go all in with Ant Sharp, the third pick, Nurk, another salary match number and just give him everything and get Embiid here? I mean, I think that those people all would make sense. 
I mean, you're trading for an MVP in that situation, so you got to yeah. you kind of have to throw the whole kitchen sink at him. So, yeah, I mean that that would make sense. Nurk, Sharp, Ant, number three, and maybe, and twenty three. <laughs> yeah, and one other. I don't know if it'd be a pick or if it would be another random player that's more down the bench. Um, but yeah, that would that would make sense to me in that situation. So I mean. They just need so somebody. Then, they need somebody inside so desperately. They just I mean, we all saw last year how much they just absolutely got crushed because they didn't have the height that they needed. And right. um let me tell you, Joel can uh Joel can help in that situation. Okay? Yeah. God, he and Dan together on pick and roll would be ridiculous. And you know, uh, they, were, so, they were seen kind of chatting at All Star yeah, at the All Star yeah, game. Yeah, there was there was some, friendly. there was some jerseys <clears throat> over the mouths going on. <clears throat> Mm-hmm. Some so. posting of photos of them together on certain social media accounts. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, we we know Gian, we we know Giannis likes uh, likes Dame. Mm-hmm. We do know that. Now, do I think Giannis is gonna? I, I think Joel is way more likely to go on the trading block than Giannis yeah. would. Um, so but. my my thing on here, on Philadelphia, if if Harden leaves, you, you don't trade. I think he's late. I, I saw I saw something today about how he's definitely yeah. leaving. And and that's fine. You you can. I mean, I would if I can't. Well, if I can't do better from a a maturity standpoint, I would call Kyrie. I'd be like, okay, Kyrie, we're gonna give you a two year deal, twenty five mil guaranteed the first year. Second year is a player, a club option. There's a bunch of incentives. You play this amount of games. You know, you you help us win this amount of games. This can balloon up to forty. And then we'll pick up the second option automatically. Just do all sorts of different things. There's no way anyone's going to give that guy a four or five year guaranteed deal. They'd be stupid at this point because he's just completely uninterested in being a marquee championship caliber talent. He just wants to be Kyrie Irving personality and go around and act and do and be a diva. It's just, he just makes me want to vomit. And people defend them just drive me nuts because I'm always like, do you see Dave acting like this? Do you even see Westbrook acting like this? Do you even see Harden acting like this? Did you ever see Chris Paul act like this? Magic Johnson act like this? I'm just going to do point guards. You know, did Jason Kidd act like this? Does Luke act like this? Like he is in, in his own world. And the fact that he doesn't have that he didn't, he should be three peating right now with Boston. He was playing with Tatum and Jalen Brown and blew that up and then messed things. Like, so he, he's going to have very few places to go. So if I'm Philadelphia, I'm not trading Embiid. I'm going to get Kyrie and giving Kyrie one more chance to see if he can get it done. Or I'm going to go find some role players to stick in there and you start Maxi at the point. But if they make him available and just you just, we just talked about the deal that would that would be. Then Portland would have Dame, Grant would stay, and then beat as your top three. That that contends overnight. Yeah. No, no question about it. And what's and what this would then point to was how uh good the moves were at the trade deadline that were criticized by getting two guys in Thibel and Reddish yep. who are restricted free agents, which means you have a hold on them. Or you can let them go. You have, so it depends on what your roster looks like. So if they ended up making a trade like that for Embiid, well, who's your starting two guard? Ant's gone and Sharp's gone. Well, your starting two guard is going to be Matisse Thibel. And you know you can keep him because he's a restricted free agent. Who's your small four going to be? Well, they'd probably still like to <clears throat> get someone else, but it could be a situation where it's Reddish and Nasir Little com- competing for that. That's not ideal necessarily, but if you have both those guys playing there, you should be able to get enough production because you've got Dame. Embiid and Grant, and then you fill out your bench accordingly. So that, yeah, I agree with you. That would be the fantasy. I don't think there's a chance of hell in happening, but that's probably what it would end up looking like. This is the Blazers. 
if it's the fantasy, it's definitely not happening. <laughs> so I think what's more realistic, I think Cat is realistic from Minnesota. Um, I can see Minnesota wanting to not to move on from that experiment. Experiment. Um, I think that's possible. I still think Lowry is in play. I, I just. I just wonder if Utah might feel like, okay, we got lucky with him. Let's turn this into a top three pick. I mean, how genius would that be? Um, Aiden is going to be available. Like it, one of the reasons why I don't want to give up Ant for one player is because I think Ant maybe could and something maybe Ant in twenty three might get you Aiden. Maybe Sharp something else in twenty three gets you Aiden. Would you trade Sharp for Aiden? Eh, I don't know. I think Sharp probably you keep Sharp, but I think Aiden's going to be a possibility. Paul George might be a possibility. Oh, I'm staying away from that guy. He's 33 and no, injury prone. No, I don't, no. think I, I don't think I'd go in there. Plus, um, um, <laughs> I mean, you know, I'm sure Dame could make it work, but there's a little bit of history there. Yeah, but I don't think that's that big. A deal. The whole bye-bye yeah, and the three-point thing, I don't think that's that big a deal. Uh, so that's all I see in the, in the West and the East. If Jalen Brown becomes available, yep. done deal. I can't see why he would become available. The, the Knicks, you know, would I want a package of Barrett and – Randall or something like that. I mean, maybe Greg Burnback says no way Knicks would do that. So that's off the table because Craig said so. Toronto's loaded with guys who I think are going to be available. Siakam, OG. I think you try and get in on those. If you can get both those guys, number three, Ant, Sharp, salary match for OG and, and Siakam. I think pff, I'll do that. Uh, I don't know if they would. Cleveland, Chicago, Levine might be available. I don't want Levine in Portland. DeRozan, too old, doesn't play defense. I wouldn't go there unless it was for the secondary person you acquired. And yeah, and yeah, I know. Did you, now, here, Miami's interesting. If Miami doesn't win a title this year, <clears throat> or even if they do, do they decide Butler's going to be 34? Do we want to move off of Butler if we can get the number three pick? Maybe. Who knows? Uh, Atlanta, John Collins, not for number three. I'd probably do it for something involving Ant, but they already have two point guards. Let me ask you this one. Porzingis. No. No. He's Not gosh. at all. He's he was just twenty three and nine. He doesn't play any defense though. Yeah. What if uh, you? But what if you got a forward and then you could add him as your center? I consider it, it would be like the twenty three pick and something else. Yeah. But, uh, but anyway, Orlando obviously a bunch of young. I mean, Wendell Carter you could probably maybe get from them, and then and then Charlotte. I don't know what you want from Charlotte. So that's sort of off the top of my head. It's going to be really fascinating to see who's available and who isn't. All right, before we get to your pop culture thing, which I know you're so excited to talk about, I just want to talk real quick. I got you know, I got to be a, a bragging father. So my daughter Taryn Fentress plays for plays golf for Sunset. The reason why I wasn't at the lottery this year, I was last year, and I missed her playing a state. I didn't know Sunset was going to qualify for state, and I already booked everything for the combine, and so I went to the combine and missed her playing a state, and I was really bummed out about that. So <clears throat> there was no way in hell I was going to miss her this year, and this year. <clears throat> Sorry, she helped lead Sunset to third place. They were in first place after the first day. She had her best round ever, 84. Um, and then the next day she came back. She had two bad holes on the back nine, so she came back down a little bit to 88. But prior to that, she was on pace to do 84 again. Um, and so really proud of her. One of the most probably coolest two days I've ever had watching anything. Just I watched every single stroke. I filmed a little disappointing because I tried to film every swing. I missed two. Really upset at myself. I almost got all 172 strokes, but I got 170 of them on video. Um, and the biggest thing she did is she she she's she gets nervous sometimes, but this was the least nervous she's been all season and was on the biggest stage. And she's playing obviously with really good talent because they pair people based on you know your mm-hmm. competition levels. 
And she stepped up and she rose to the occasion. So I'm so glad I didn't go to the combine. It's, you know, I, I've, I've had friends who've told me how they missed so much of their kids' events because they had to cover this or they had to cover that. And I've always been of the mindset, you never can get those moments back. There'll always be another lottery, right? Well, mm-hmm. maybe not. I mean, if you're a Blazers fan, you hope there isn't. But there'll always be another game. There'll always be something. You know, the events just happen all the time. But never, you know, do whatever you can to make your, your kids big moments like that. So that was a lot of fun watching her play. And it's crazy because, I mean, I'm like, she shot up 84, and that was from 5,600 yards, um, which is, you know, I think in college they played no less than 6,000. But I was I, started, I was thinking, like, she she already passed me up a long time ago, but I'm like, man, if we played right now, she would literally have to give me, like, 15 strokes. <laughs> and it's, so, it's so funny how fast that happened. As soon as she decided she was going to take it seriously, she just raced right by me. And so I would tell you, you have to give me strokes, and she'd get all mad because she hates to lose. And so if I'm beating her by the strokes, she gets livid. She said, you can't claim you won if you only won because of the strokes. I go, oh, yeah, I'm going to claim it because that's how golf works. So then what I had to do to calm her down and get her to participate, because if I'm winning based on strokes after like five or six holes, but she's truly winning based on actual strokes, she'll be visibly pissed. Like she'll get out of the cart if we're driving and she'll walk to her ball. This is so unfair. <laughs> Because I'm winning by two strokes based on the handicap. So what I started doing is saying, okay, if you beat me based on the strokes, you get money. But if you don't, you don't have to give me money back. That calmed her down because now she has something to focus on. Okay, if I beat him based on the strokes, he sucks anyway. Then I can get some money out of him. <laughs> so, but then it's but then it what really sucks is that you know you you shank a ball into the trees or something like that, and your daughter's like, hey, hey. that's that's not very nice. But anyway. Proud sometimes, dad moment. Sometimes you just got to bribe them, you know? You, t- you do. Money sometimes is the way. It, basically, I'm basically saying, I will pay you to let me have strokes when I play you. And she's, and she's okay with that. My, uh, my biggest claim to fame golfing as a kid is that I once flipped a golf cart, but it was not my fault. So, Ooh. It was my dad's fault. How? Do I how? Yeah. Were you driving? Yeah. Were you driving? I was driving. Yeah, tell it tell it to the officer. So, okay. So here's <laughs> what happened. So, okay, first of all, I was probably like 10. My dad was like, you know, especially back then, it was like, all right, dad says jump, you jump. Like, aye aye, <laughs> sir. That's that's how our household was. And so um I was driving the cart, and there's this hole. That was up on a hill. And so there was only, it was a one-way cart path. And I knew, I was like, I think the people that were golfing before us are up there right now. I think they are. But my dad was like, all right, Brad, let's go. And I was like, oh, okay. So there I go, up this hill. (laughs) And head-on collision with the other golf cart oh and like i said we flipped our golf cart we got lucky it didn't go any farther and i will never forget us sitting there and we were both fine and thankfully everyone was fine my dad looked at me and he goes we will never tell your mother (laughs) that this happened okay did she ever did she ever find out yeah she eventually i told her you know if if years and years later but yeah no you will never tell your mother that this happened. Because <laughs> he knew. He knew. He knew it was he, he knew it was his vault. Um. I have a worse story. Oh, boy. I was playing golf many, many years ago. My oldest son was five. 
and he came along with us. And I was up ahead. I hit the ball, and he was in the cart, and I told him to drive it to me. Oh, no. A little too young. He was really good at car racing video games. Oh, yeah, that's it. <laughs> Dude, he he punched the gas, lost control, and crashed into a tree. There we go. I was like, okay. I suppose that's my fault. <laughs> but how do you not steer away from the tree? It's right in front of you. Turn the wheel. I know. He was, probably, he, was probably, he was probably more like five and a half, to be fair. See, I mean, you're talking to somebody who's <laughs> I, 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 like, I, I, was, I was learning how to ride a bike at that age, right? And my dad was teaching me and at five. And my dad, instead of stopping me, just let me drive straight into a back of a parked car. <laughs> I mean, full on 100% in there. And I was just <clears throat> crying my, you know, whatever. So I don't know what's up with dads. I mean, I appreciate you letting us do our confidence. Thing, <laughs> but, um, and by the way, my dad thought it was like the funniest thing and will still say <clears throat> he thinks it's the funniest thing that's ever happened that I drove into this car. Um, anyways. <laughs> My mother, yeah, on the other have, hand, didn't find it to be so funny. Uh, but <laughs> some of us have judgment issues when it comes to yeah, our kids driving vehicles at certain ages. With, clearly, with dads and, and uh, kids driving, I, whether it be a bike or a golf cart. But I mean, how hard can it be? Just turn the wheel. And I, I think I said that to him. I go, why didn't you just turn the wheel? He goes, of course I don't you know did. What to do. <laughs> I know what to do. I was like, I mean, he was fine. But the thing that was, I'll never forget the image though, because he he was going down a hill and it hit a bump. So it bumped and his little tiny body bumped, jumped into the air, bounced into the air and came back down the seat. And he just had these huge uh, uh, saucer eyes. Yeah. <clears throat> and I'm like, turn, turn, bam. And he, he was fine. He's a little shaken up, you know, yeah. but he was fine. But yeah, not, yeah, not, not my proudest parental moment but those listeners don't call child services uh my son now is 30 about to turn 34 so i'm clear he forgave me i don't think he remembers it but it's a real story i like to tell okay let's get on to our pop culture mm -hmm. topic first of all real first real first jamie fox i talked about him before i guess it was a health scare but he's allegedly fine according to his daughter maybe it was all exaggerated i kind of blame the family a little bit because if people are reporting that someone's near death you should probably clear that up quicker than three weeks later but anyway glad to know that he's doing okay allegedly but let's get to something you want to talk yeah. about real quick that I didn't know. Like you said, I, I, we got to talk about this. I'm like, what is that? You said, don't look it up. I'm going to surprise you with it. So I, color me excited to hear about it. I have been, I've been holding off discussing this with you because this, Ooh. if you, if you follow pop culture at all, you know that this has been the biggest story in pop culture for the last like month or two. Okay. Wow. Okay. And this is Scandival. If you're listening to this and you aren't aware of Scandaval, I will teach you about Scandaval. The reason why it is called Scandaval is because it involves a guy named Tom Sandoval. So they called it Scandaval. Okay? Scandal and Sandoval. Okay. Yeah. Again, I'm, I'm following you so far. Okay. So Tom, so there's a reality show. I'm sorry to everyone who's listening to this who hasn't been under a rock like Aaron for the last however many months and knows about this. <laughs> But we got it. We got it. We got a debrief for Aaron and for anybody else who's, you know, 
like I said, I don't I don't know what to tell y'all. I don't know what you've been what what have you what what have you been consuming if you haven't consumed this? Okay. Um <sighs> I saw I had a friend post last night that was like, this has been my personality the last two months. Scandaval has been my personality. This is the greatest night because last night was the season finale of this show. So Tom okay. Sandoval was dating this girl named Ariana for years okay. and years. I think it was like nine years or something like that. And they were like the one like solid couple on this reality show called Vanderpump Rules. So kind of out of nowhere... Um, they're at a concert and somehow Ariana gets a hold of Tom's phone and finds a bunch of um, photos, videos on there of one of her best friends in a, a, you know, that shouldn't be on his phone. Let's put it that way. Okay. 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 Um, and then it comes out that he had been cheating on Ariana with, Raquel, who was also on the show, um, for the last seven months. And, like, yeah. Raquel had been, I mean, Raquel was best friends with Ariana. Like, it's this whole thing. Everyone's been watching it play out over the last few weeks. Like, apparently there was this whole, like, discussion um, a few, two episodes ago where, like, Raquel was basically discussing her love life with Ariana and, like, it was very like manipulative and bad because at that point they were definitely um, wait. Raquel was discussing was Ariana's love, her life, love with- life, omitting the fact that she was participating in an affair. <clears throat> gotcha. Um, and and so it was just all very like weird and skeezy. Anyway, so okay. Um, finally the episode came out last night where. Tom found where or where um Ariana found out that Tom was cheating. So this was like a very big night in reality TV last night. And now they're gonna have a three-part reunion. Three-part <gasps> oh, reunion. There's gonna be some spitting and some name calling and some yeah. some fighting. The trailer has already come out for the reunion and it looks amazing. Oh, also by the way, <laughs> Raquel was engaged to someone else on the cast like two years ago. And then they broke it off. So, and that's how she originally got onto the show was dating this guy. Wow. So there's a lot of like, you know, cross lines. It's it's like a it's it's like it's like that gif of the guy from um, I don't know what show it was where he's like got the got the yarn and it's all over the place and he's trying to connect everything together. That's this. Um, so yeah. Anyways, last night, big night. Um, I, I don't, <laughs> I don't have cable at home. Uh, okay. Uh, um, so I haven't actually watched it yet. I probably will at some point. Um, you haven't watched the the, the final I, episode. I've watched full episode yet, but I have seen okay. a bunch of clips of it online. Okay. There is some incredible theater, including Tom Sandoval going over and basically, it's called Vanderpump Rules because. Um, it's this former Real Housewife, Lisa Vanderpump, runs a bunch of restaurants in L.A. Vanderpump. Yeah. She's British. Yeah. And so she runs a bunch of restaurants in L.A. And um, and she, she started a reality show around the servers 
that work at one of her restaurants, sir. So that's how this show all started. So he and he's really close with Lisa because he's launched his own restaurants with her out of this show now. So, yeah. Anyways, um, Tom goes over there and is like, there's some incredible fake crying that goes on. <laughs> like there's like some incredible, there's an incredible fake panic attack that is like, yo, I'm sorry. What? He's like, I'm never going to be able to talk to her again. Talking about Ariana and like how I'm never going to be able to talk to her when she's not angry. And I'm so upset about it and blah, blah, blah. And it's like, well, what are you upset about when you're the one who caused all of this? And then he like walks away and he starts having this like panic attack at the window. And Lisa's like having to comfort him. And he's like, it's amazing. It's, it's, it's incredible. It's incredibly bad, awesome theater at the same time. It's like, it's so bad, it's good, you know? Where you're like, this is not real. This is not, you're trying to act like you feel bad right now and you don't. You don't feel bad. So, yeah, anyways, um, I have a feeling I'm going to be doing some updates on this throughout the next few weeks because we're going to get these reunions and it's going to be amazing stuff. But, um, yes, I'm just, uh, this is... This is like the biggest story in pop culture right now. I'm not even joking. Wow. It's all over the place. And uh, well, thank God I have two teenage kids who have been immersed in activities. Therefore, I know why she knows about that. Really? I, okay, I shouldn't say no way. I'll, you know, I'm gonna ask her. I'm gonna why ask her. Why don't you ask her? Because <clears throat> I've never seen her watching reality stuff. I don't think she gets into that really. But I mean, but, if she's but on I don't know what media. she does all the time. Yeah, then she probably knows about it. You know, there's been a couple of times where, like, I was listening to a song or I mentioned someone in pop culture, and she's like, "You know who that is?" <laughs> like, she's so she's so shocked that I've heard of this person or that I know of this song or whatever. Well, um, you'll you'll have to. Okay, uh, well, I'm I'm gonna, I'm gonna go check out the clips and see what's happening with this. Oh, so I can get on board. Yeah. So it's- when you talk about it next time, I can be like. Girl, did you see? Yeah, no, we do need. Yeah, I wanted, I wanted to get your genuine reaction to it this time, where you didn't know anything about it, and now next time, because like I said, there we have got three weeks of reunions. So, and then like, oh, also, one of the girls, uh, Raquel, ended up filing a restraining order against another girl on the cast because mm. she alleged that she tried to, like, attack her after she found out, which is debatable if that actually happened or not but anyway so like half the reunion they can't because there is a restraining order they can't shoot the two in the same room at the same time so they had to like move they had had to like you know move them in and out it's a whole thing okay and this is called Scandaval Scandaval wait the show's called Scandaval No, no the show's called Vanderpump Rules Oh, Vanderpump. Okay, okay, Vanderpump rule. Okay, and then the person's name is Sandoval, but they're calling this stuff Scandoval because it's a scandal. Yes. And Sandoval is on the Vanderpump rules. Yes, and you know, here's the deal. There's a lot of things in life that maybe we shouldn't get super invested in because it's people's personal lives and all that sort of stuff. But at the end of the day... It ain't personal. If you're doing a reality show, it's not personal. You put it out there You're, You're putting it out there. So yeah, and uh, I'm, look, let's put it this way: humans have loved gossip since the beginning of time. That's true. 
we love to be up and all up in everyone else's business. And that social media and all these reality shows are a reflection of who we are as the human condition, not be, you know the cause of it. So it's like the fact that you're into. I, mean, I told, didn't I tell you in one of our podcasts that I would go home at lunch and watch Jerry Springer. Yeah. <laughs> we just we love little dramas like this. So it, you know it makes sense. I'm I'm like intrigued. I'm gonna go check this out. Yeah, uh, and like. They originally were wrapped shooting for this season, and then this all came out, and they got cameras back up to shoot like a few more weeks. For there them. were ca- calls were made. We got we got to get this back out Bravo there for a few to, more Bravo, episodes. Bravo, <laughs> Bravo had to had to pull some strings and make it happen. But yeah, anyways, this is like this is this is a, it, a big thing. So yeah, but it's so wild that these things are. So not only are there's so many shows like this where I mean you can't even really use reality anymore because we all know yeah that if it's complete reality it probably isn't going to warrant the interest that it's a lot of it's manufactured but then the fact that they get together later and talk about it <laughs> in these reunion shows is just amazing and you know you know Brie Amaranthus right yeah <clears throat> so she was on The Bachelor mm-hmm. a few years ago you knew that did you know that yeah she didn't last very long but. Uh, I was one of the first persons she confided in about going on there. And one of the things she talked about, she's like, I do not want to go out. I'm not going to go in there and make a fool of myself. Like, I'm not going to go out there and manufacture drama and get into it with other women and just say crazy things. She's like, I'm not going to do that. And I go, well, you're not going to last long. She goes, I know I probably won't. And sure enough, I I think she got two minutes of airtime. Yeah. But she said that it was like they were doing things to try and get people to become combative. Yeah. You know, because they wanted some drama. And she was like, I just stayed clear of that crowd. And so, yeah, she was cut. Yeah. And who knows? Maybe the guy might have loved her the best, but she had to go because she wasn't playing the game. Yep. <laughs> so, yeah. Anyway. I mean, and what's great is that this is real. This this isn't, this isn't made up. Like, it's super real. Like, this is a super real thing that happened in reality television that, like, has all these different parties involved and yeah, it's um, it's messy, and you know what? There's nothing more we love as human beings than <laughs> mess. We love that. You're there, and you're there for all of it. All right, well, next week we'll be back and talk some more uh, trade madness because, mm. okay, I'm just all ready for all the different stories and rumors connecting this and that with the number three pick. It's just going to be mind-bending when this thing gets really rolling. Uh, I think it's probably going to start up pretty quickly here. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we'll have a lot of that to talk about. Of course, we're going to catch up on the Vanderpump rules thingy <laughs> that you just talked about because I'm about to go become an expert on it. Uh, all that and more coming up on future episodes of the Sports Bar Northwest podcast, which is supported by the Pacific Office Automation 147 coming June 2nd and 3rd to Portland International Raceway. Also, don't forget to sign up for tub- subtext. 14-day trial. Just text 503-386-0095 and we will catch you next week.